if he is careful enough to look out for a little bird that does not have the spirit of God, how much more that he's looking after you, he's watching after you. Let us appreciate the Lord because he's a God who cares for us. He's a God who promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. Whether we are passing through the fires, whether we are passing through the waters, they have so much strength, they have so much power. But the power of the Lord exceeds them all. And in his power, he's able to rescue us. In fact, he has made the water to be a pathway for his children to be able to get to where he has promised them. I don't know the water you are passing through. I don't know the fire that is trying to overcome, to consume you. But just trust in the Lord. Just trust in him. If his eyes is on the sparrow, you can be sure that he's watching over you. Father, we thank you this morning. We appreciate you. What a comforting word. What a reassurance that we are never alone and that you are with us. We bless you, O Lord. Thank you, dear Father. And as we go into your message, I had myself behind the cross of Calvary. I ask that the Spirit of the Lord, you take total and absolute control. Speak through me, O God. Let your word minister life unto your people. Let it transform. Is any at the point of depression? Take them out of that darkness. Take them out of that valley. Is any whose peace has been disturbed? Father Lord, replace it for them, O God. Is any who is sighing right now? O Father, you are the one that gives beauty for ashes, the joy of gladness instead of a spirit of heaviness. Take away every heaviness. Take away every body. Take away money, O God, and give us the oil of gladness. Thank you, dear Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Uh, thank you so much, and thank you to the senior pastor. This is my first time of uh, delivering ministering. I appreciate the Lord, and I give glory to the Lord. Thank you so much, and I trust that the Lord will speak to us today. We'll be, we'll continue on our theme for the month, the covenant of peace the covenant of peace. And today's sharing I've tied to the certainty of his covenant. The certainty of his covenant. When we hear the word covenant, ordinarily, we should be rest assured that if it's a covenant, then it is there. You know, a covenant is essentially an agreement or a promise between two or more persons is a binding agreement to fulfill an obligation. It's an agreement or promise. And you know, in Romans 12, 29, the Bible says God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. His covenant also is irrevocable. It stands. A whole lot of teachings has gone ahead on the meaning of covenant and how it applied to us. God made a covenant of peace with us. And before going on the message, I would like us to look at the scripture, Isaiah 54, 
I will read verse 9 to 13. Isaiah 54, verse 9 to 13. I'll be reading the NIV version. So now I have sworn not to be, from verse 9, to me this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will rebuild you with the stones of Tokos, your foundations with lapses lazuli. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. Praise the Lord. Here is someone who is troubled. The nation of Israel, they were troubled. They were being driven to exile. And God is promising them that I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, precious stones, people that have been discarded. God is saying, I will rebuild you. It's not only stopping at you. He extended it even unto your children. So your children will be taught by the Lord. And great will be their peace. The rush and great will be their peace. I don't know if you have a child that you are worried about and you think everything is lost. God is saying, I will rebuild that child. God is saying, that child will be taught by me. You will have peace over that child. That child will have peace in himself. Maybe that child has even gone away. He's coming back. In the name of Jesus. I also want us to just look at John 14, 26 and 27. John 14, 26 and 27. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace, I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Why do we still get afraid, get agitated, entertain fears, discourage when God has given us these precious promises? There are so many promises of the Lord in the Bible. But sometimes when this thing comes, it looks as if the promises are no longer there. Today's sharing, I'll be focusing on four main areas. One is, believe him. He's a promise keeper. He's the unchanging God. Believe him. Believe him. And why do you need to believe him? We'll look at some of the examples of the promises he made. And he kept them. He kept them. Sometimes those promises, they look as if they are unachievable or unattainable. Yet he kept them. 
If he is your God, if he kept the promise to the people of old, he will keep it for you as well. In the name of Jesus. But sometimes, why do we doubt? We also look at the reason why sometimes we doubt. Is it that the Lord cannot do it? Is it that it's too late? And then we look at why do we lose our peace when the Lord is there for us? And then we close with what should we do when our peace is threatened? What should we do when our peace is threatened? So from the, uh, the first part, he's a promise keeper. The Lord will always keep his promise. Remember, he made a covenant with Abraham. And to prove that his promise to Abraham, that he will do it, he made a covenant with him. And we find that in Hebrews 6, from verse 13 to 15. Hebrews 6, from verse 13 to 15. So when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, and so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. He promised Abraham. This man had no child. He promised him. He asked him to leave his country, his home. And the promise he made to him, he fulfilled them. In Malachi 3, uh, verse, verse 6, Say, I the Lord, I do not change. So you descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. When he makes a promise, he doesn't change. He stands by his promise. He doesn't change. And you know, the promise he made to Abraham, he fulfilled that promise. He fulfilled the promise to Abraham. In fact, at the time, he told Abraham, Say, I'm making this promise to you on oath so that you know the certainty that it will happen, that it will come to pass. If you say you are children of Abraham, do you know that you are included in those promises? You are included. Let's also remember that his plan of redemption was planned from the time man fell in the garden. The day man fell in the garden of Eden, God made a plan. And that plan was fulfilled by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If right from the garden, God made a promise and he watches over that promise, and he brought the Lord Jesus Christ, has he made a promise to you? Does your situation look as if it's not coming to pass? God will always fulfill his promise. And here's another one. He was speaking to Abraham. Abraham, in fact, at, it, at that time, he had no child. And God told him, I will make you into a great nation. In Genesis 12, verse 2 to 3. Genesis 12, verse 2 to 3. The Lord said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. There was a man who had no child. He had no child. And God said, I will make you into a great nation. Did he fulfill it? So your promise, stack it against the promise to Abraham. Which one looks real? Which one looks achievable? Much more achievable. 
If he can do that of Abraham, the man who had no child, and God said, I will make you into a great nation, and God still fulfilled it. Why are you worried? Why are you troubled? Those situations, God will also turn them around. Praise the Lord. This is another one. There was a time he spoke to David. And he said, I will give you an everlasting kingdom. David did so well that the Lord promised him. In 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12 to 16. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12 to 16. God told David, say, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. 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 Does it mean there is no other lineage that could be on the throne? And did the Lord fulfill it? Oh, yes, he did. Even though the descendants of David, sometimes they veered off and they turned their back against the Lord. In fact, from Solomon up to the kings of Judah, Solomon to Rehoboam to Abijah, up to the last king, before they were taken to exile, Zedekiah, they were the lineage of David. It was only one, one when Ataliah, who was, who was a, 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 a princess, tried to disrupt it. And it lasted only for six years. She was taken out. And the lineage of David was there. And you know, our Lord Jesus Christ came from that lineage. And that promise to David is still being fulfilled up to today. That is a generational promise. What you are facing that is taking away your peace, is it generational? Even if it is, God can change it. The Lord who took David, a shepherd boy, who had no previous experience of kingship other than leading sheep, he handed over to him an everlasting kingdom. Whatever you are passing through, I trust the Lord that he will turn them around and grant you an everlasting peace in the name of Jesus. You know one other thing that makes it very interesting? No elements can stop him. No elements. Look at his promise in Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 2. Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 2. Say, but now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he will form you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Yet, with all of this, we sometimes act as if we are burning already. Even when there is no fire, some people are already burning. Even when there is nothing, some people say, oh, I'm dead, I'm this, I'm finished, and all of that. And they go on and on and on. Yet, nothing has happened. There have been instances where an accident is about to happen and the driver matched the brake and someone screamed and the person from there stroke. And yet, no accident happened. It was just a close shave. 
Some of us, we are, the way we react to things magnify the problem rather than focusing on God to deliver us. And I pray that the Lord who has promised you that he will never leave you, he will, he will come true for you in Jesus' mighty name. You know, our God is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Whatever he says he will do, you can be sure that he will do it. In Numbers 23 verse 19, say, God is not human that he should lie, nor a man, a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill it? You know, even the Red Sea could not stand against him. The Red Sea could not stand against him. The Egyptians were pursuing the children of Israel. And he commanded the Red Sea. And the Red Sea gave way. If the Red Sea cannot stand against him, the problem, the challenges we are passing through cannot stand against the Lord. Praise the Lord. But when we have all these promises and all these antecedents that what the Lord has done, why do we sometimes doubt? Why is he as if his word will not come true in our life? At least there's some things here. Sometimes there are times of delays and times of waiting. They could bring a lot of temptation. They could bring a lot of difficulties. It's okay. It's okay. But when they bring those difficulties, never take your eyes away from the Lord. Even Abraham that we have spoken about. You know at a time Abraham was troubled. In fact, he doubted what the Lord told him. In Genesis 15, verse 2 to 3. Genesis 15, verse 2 to 3. After God spoke to Abraham. But Abraham says, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Here, before then, God has promised Abraham, I will give you a heritage. I will give you a nation. But after so many times, Abraham said, well, maybe you are not doing it again. Don't, that promises. And God will tell him, go out, go and count the stars in the skies. If anyone can count them, or the sand is seashore. Despite these promises, there are times when if there's so a long delay, remember Abraham waited for 25 years before the promise Isaac came. It's not easy. So if it is being delayed, you have a companion in Abraham. But what you should do? Don't lose your eyes on the Lord. Another reason is lack of faith or unbelief. Lack of faith or unbelief. In James chapter 1, verse 6 to 8, James 1, 6 to 8. Say, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Situation might look as if they are not happening. What God is asking you to do is have faith. Have faith. 
believe in him. Believe that the one who promised, he is able to do it. He is able to do it. Hold on to him. He will come true. And another thing is, there are times when we have unanswered prayers. Unanswered prayers. You pray, you pray, you pray. And it seems as if the prayers are not answered. And then sometimes people give up. In Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. What the Lord says is that the vision is here for an appointed time. But at the end, at the end, it will speak. And will not die. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So when you pray, and you know that what you are praying for is in line with his will, wait for the manifestation. It may take a time. It will surely come. And Second Peter verse three, chapter 3, verse 9. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, if the Lord did not delay concerning us when we were unbelievers, and he came true for us, how much more when we know him? How much more? So he will come true for you at the right time, in the name of Jesus. And in Psalm 50, verse 15, Psalm 50, verse 15, it says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. You know, it's interesting that when children of God, when they win, it brings glory to our Father. It brings glory to him. So he's interested in you winning. He doesn't want you to be pulled down and be in the valley all the time. No. From that valley, he will take you to the mountaintop. Because it's not only good for you, it brings glory to our Father. And God is glorified when you do things that are right. When you do things that bring glory unto him. Another reason why we sometimes doubt is that a lot of us has unmet expectations. Expectations are not met. You think you should be on level 10. Meanwhile, you are still struggling to even retain level 5. You think you should have these, and yet you don't have them. Why? Sometimes when we pray, do we pray in line with his will? If we pray in line with his will, his word is a is yea and amen concerning his prayer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, Say, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. But when you pray and it seems it's not coming, when you pray, it's not automatic that those prayers will come to pass there and then and the way you have prayed. There could be three things that could happen. You can pray and God will say yes and he will answer it there and then. Glory to God. Glory to God. But as sometimes you pray and God will say, wait, because it's not time. Because if he gives it to you at that time, because he knows the end from the beginning, he knows you more than you know yourself. If he do it at that time, it will actually bring disaster along the way. So God will say, wait. So when you are mature for it, or when certain things are in place, then God answer that prayers. 
And sometimes you pray, and God will say, no. What we should learn is to be able to understand what is the will of God concerning certain situations. When we know the will of God concerning a situation, our prayer will be much more effective. Unmet expectation will be very, very minimal because we are praying in line with his will. Another reason why we sometimes doubt the word of God, you know, sometimes we have envy and we compare ourselves to others. You compare yourself. Oh, I have, maybe you have a PhD and that other man does not even have a master's and he's even doing better than you. Maybe you think you are smarter than the other person. Or maybe you think, oh, I'm older, then I should be better. Or maybe you think, oh, we are classmates. Why is he doing this and I cannot do this? The Lord said those who compare themselves to themselves, say they are not wise. Everyone has his own line. Everyone has his own race to run. The resources God has given you is different from mine. If you are comparing yourself to me, you went, were you there when I was formed? Were you there when your sister was formed? You may think you have everything better than the other person. But one thing you don't have and you don't know and you can never know is what did God put in that man? What did he put in that woman? So when you are comparing yourself, you're only being unwise. When you are comparing yourself in that sense, you are only bringing trouble, difficulties. And when you start dwelling on that, what happened? Your peace is disturbed and you will not be fulfilled. I pray as many as are in this situation that the Lord will deliver you in the name of Jesus. And then there are times when it's just our inability to hear God. We could not hear him. I don't know whether you have been in that situation before. I have been. You need, you need down to pray and everything just look like it's just, it's just blank. It's just blank. In fact, to even, to even speak is a, a challenge. It's a challenge. So what do you do? To even speak, to pray, to even speak a word, it becomes difficult. Oh, if you have been a child of God and you cannot hear from God, how terrible it is. How terrible it is. How terrible it is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Say, what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. We are a spirit being. For us to live our life successfully, we must know what the Lord is saying. So when you cannot hear from him, sometimes we are distracted. We are distracted. And sometimes, it could be true disobedience. Remember the story of Saul? Saul inquired of the Lord. But the Lord did not answer him. Either by dreams, either by urines, or by prophets. And what did he do? He was preparing for a war. Instead of him to wait for the Lord to tell them what to do, he went and offered the sacrifice that he was not supposed to offer. 
You find that in First Samuel chapter 28, verse 6. And what happened? From there, he lost, he lost it. The peace deserted him. And you could remember subsequently, he said, the, the, the devil will come to torment him, to make fun of him. And when that evil spirit comes to him, he said, this is the person that has been prophesying with the prophets. The, the, the evil spirit now came unto him. And when evil spirit comes, what does he do? Is he coming to give you comfort? He doesn't come comfort. He comes to give difficulties. He comes to compound issue. You know, there are many of us that we have challenges. Yes. But what do we do? Instead of moving away from the challenge, we build monuments of those challenges. You build monuments of those challenges. And sometimes every year when certain days are coming, certain things begin to happen to you. And you have accepted it because you build monuments around it. And I pray that as many as have built monuments against any evil, against anything that takes away your peace, that this morning the Lord will take away those monuments. The Lord will replace them with the joy of the Lord in the name of Jesus. So why do we still lose our peace when the Lord is there? I just run through this one. Sometimes we have worries and anxiety. Worries and anxiety. Worries. Last week, I had a very hectic schedule. I was away and Normally, during the week, there are some scheduled meetings that I had. I didn't know how I would manage. So the assignment I had, I thought that I was just going to be there, present the papers, and then I would just be on one side. I would have my time to myself to do, you know. So I had a meeting that was scheduled for 1.30 on Tuesday. There was another one I had scheduled for uh, 2.30 on Thursday. So we started the workshop on Monday. On Monday, I wasn't to present anything, so the workshop flows. But when I saw the way the things, I was afraid. I started asking myself if I knew. And some of those meetings, I couldn't reschedule them. Because we have people, different different places, there are people, different continents that are attending that meeting. I could only schedule the meeting. So on Tuesday morning, as I was studying the scripture, the Lord took me to Matthew 6.34. Matthew 6.34. He said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day is enough of its own. So, I took that scripture. I put it on our family platform. This is what the Lord is saying today. I don't need to worry. That I will not worry. So on Tuesday, the meeting on Tuesday, as, as we were going ahead with the meeting, on Monday we had, we had lunch by 12. So 12 to 1 was lunch break. On Tuesday, lunch break did not happen until 
1.15. My meeting was 1.30. So we had lunch, 1.15. I quickly grabbed something within 15 minutes. I finished the lunch. I ran into one room. I took my meeting. And the meeting went like that. My wife asked, how did I do it? I said, God said, I shouldn't worry. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the one on Thursday, the one on Thursday, the meeting was scheduled for 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Where will I run to? By 10, the organizer called me and said, eh, some people are not available for 11 a.m., so our meeting, please, can you allow us to do it by 2.30? Ah. I said, okay, no problem. I didn't say anything. They see a challenge because our lunch for that day was supposed to be from 1. The sessions we had, we didn't finish until 2.15. So lunch started by 2.15. My meeting was scheduled for 2.30. Now, if I had been warning and cracking my head, I would have lost my peace. I would have not been able to concentrate on the workshop. And on the workshop, I require 120% concentration because I was throughout. At the end of the day, I just asked myself, why do we worry? Why don't just hand it over to God? And you know, a lot of us were in this situation. Something that has not happened. We start worrying ourselves. We start thinking, how is this going to be? How is that going to be? Why don't you just hand it over to God? Let his will be done. He can even cancel the whole meeting. Is it coincidence that a meeting that involves people in different continents, that they, they, they had to you know, move for me? Is it coincidence that it's just done one day, two days, different time, and things move? Not because I influence them. So sometimes when we worry, some of those things we worry about, they don't materialize. They are like mirage. And you know, when we were younger, very, very young, we used to go on, on the main road. And you will see as if there is, there is water coming out on the road in front of you, as if there is water there. By the time you get there, what do you see? Nothing. Nothing. A lot of the things that we worry about, they are mirage. Am I saying that difficulties don't happen? Yes, they do. Am I saying that we don't suffer losses? Yes, we do. But the consequences of those losses, sometimes we magnify them. Instead of focusing on God. When we focus on God, you won't know when he takes away those pain. You won't know when he takes away those difficulties. And he will make you a brand new you. That when you come out, you will be much, much better than when the challenges came. Because that is a plan of God. To make us better than where we met us. Sometimes we, we, we lose our loved ones. It happens. Yes, we can cry. It's okay to cry. You remember when Jesus got to uh, Mary? When Lazarus was dead? The Bible says Jesus wept. He wept. In John eleven thirty five, John eleven thirty five, one of the shortest scriptures in the Bible, said Jesus wept. So when we lose loved one, it's okay to weep. It's okay. 
It's okay. But don't stop at the weeping. Don't stop at the weeping. Because God said we should not mourn like the unbelievers. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 14, he said, Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want to, to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Don't mourn like unbelievers. We will all die sometimes. One day. But that's not the end for believers. It's a transition. So if you lose loved ones, it's very, very painful. You can cry. But in that crying, know that God's suffering will will be done. In the name of Jesus. And as many as are weeping, your joy will come. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes we have sickness, disease, and failing health. In fact, sometimes we pray and they are not healed. There was a man who prayed like that. If, he can, if there's anyone that knows how to pray, it's Apostle Paul. He prayed. But what did the Lord say to him? In 2 Corinthians 12, 8-9a, he said, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So sometimes we pray, and God says, just leave it there. If you say, leave it there, you can be sure that he will give you the grace to rise above it. That those things will not taunt you, those things will not weaken you, those things will not demoralize you, those things will not break you. But he will give you a greater strength to rise above it in the name of Jesus. Sometimes it's lack of resources. We've seen people who probably, I don't know how much they have in the bank, and if there's no cash, there's no cash. Some people are dead because there's no cash. And when you check their bank account, how much do they have there? Don't kill yourself because of lack of resources. No. Wait for the Lord because the Lord will come true for you. And sometimes we are disappointed. We are betrayed. Even our Lord Jesus was betrayed. Peter told him, he said, no, 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 no. If everybody will go away, if everybody will, will desert, desert you, say, me, Peter, Peter, I will not. And God said, oh, no, Peter, before the call closed, you will deny me every time. Did he deny the Lord? He did. Did the Lord lose his peace? No. He focused on the assignment. So when people deny you, please, don't take it personal. Focus on what the Lord has called you to do. And sometimes, you might read that they lie against you. They might lie against you. And because of that, you are worried, you are troubled, you are traumatized. Why should this be? Why should that be? And you begin to rant and rant and rant. And before you know it, your BP starts rising because somebody lies against you. The person who lies against you, is he feeling the BP that is rising inside of you? He will not feel it. You are the one that will be feeling the BP. You are the one that will be feeling the weakened system. There was someone they lied against. In fact, they conspired against him. His name was Joseph. His brothers conspired against him. 
It's not only that they conspired against him. They betrayed him. They sold him into slavery. They persecuted him. Even in slavery, they also roped him into a scheme and lied against him. And then they threw him into jail. But one thing the Lord was saying is, the Lord was with Joseph in all of this. Joseph did not lose his peace. How do I know that he did not lose his peace? Those two prisoners, when they were troubled, if Joseph had lost his peace, will he be able to discern that something is wrong with these people? He would not. He would not. So please, if they lie against you, just brush it off and focus on God. Because the Lord could even make that lie to catapult you onto a greater thing. But some people, what do they do? They wear those problems like a badge. They wear it like a badge. Everywhere they go, it's problem, it's problem, it's problem. They confront you, it's problem. Haba, speak about the thing that the Lord is doing. Don't wear any problem like a badge. Don't magnify the devil. Focus on God. Difficulties will always come. Challenges will always come. There will be trials, there will be temptation. But children of God will rise above the trials, you will rise above the temptation. And the Lord will keep you swearing in the name of Jesus. And the last thing we'll talk about is what should we do when our peace is threatened? The first thing we need to do is to exercise our faith and trust in the Lord. Knowing if he has done it in the past, he will do it again. Second thing is pray, pray, and pray. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. You continue to pray. Continue to pray. And as you pray, you will see that the Lord will come true for you in the name of Jesus. One other thing we, can, we need to do is to listen to him and follow his instructions. In Psalm 85 verse 8, Psalm 85 verse 8, Psalm says, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servant. But let them not turn to folly. Listen to what the Lord will say. If he promises you peace, he will give you peace. If he promises you joy, he will give you joy. Don't listen to the devil. A lot of us will listen more to the devil than we listen to God. Let's change the equation. Let's listen to God. And then be contented with what the Lord has done for you. You know, our love does not consist of the abundance of what we have. Let's be contented. Another thing is, encourage yourself in the Lord and start all over again. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. There was a time David, they invaded the camp. They took all that they had away. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6, the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. No matter the loss, no matter the challenges, always find room to encourage yourself in the Lord. And how do you encourage yourself in the Lord? Oh, there are many scriptures that speak of the promises of God concerning you. You know, Pastor Mentor used to say that life throws stuff at people. But what do you do with the stuff is what distinguishes you between the other person. 
You may wear the stuff as a badge. You may use the stuff to encourage yourself and move on to the next level. It's up to you. And say, remove every monument of evil, anxiety and worry. Don't glorify the devil. Remove every monument of evil and the Lord will grant you victory. And lastly, hand it over to the Lord. Hand it over to him. In Philippians 4, verse 6, say, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, prevent, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. When you do this, you realize that those things that tend to pull you down, they will be a stepping stone for you. Those conditions that tend to weigh you down, they will be a condition that will drive you to God. And when you are in his presence, say in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The pleasure of the Lord shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. The joy of the Lord shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. Every sadness, every melancholic situation, everything that tends to pull you down, the Lord will turn you around and place you above them in the name of Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus. He knows the very ear on your head and number them. None of them can fall without him knowing. If he cares for the sparrow, just a little bird, how much more about you? Depend on him. Lean on him. Worries and anxiety will disappear. Your peace will be restored in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are here, I would like to make this call. As I was preparing for this message, the Lord impressed it upon me that we should make this call and the senior pastor will just pray for you. Before I made that call, if you are here and you do not know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, some of these things do not apply to you. In fact, you are permanently in the hand of the devil. Your peace, it will take away. If you want to have peace with the Lord, if you want to have peace with your neighbor, and you do not know the Lord, there's an opportunity right now. If you are there, can we just bow down our heads? Let's just bow down our heads. If you are here and you do not know the Lord, don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can you please just place your hand on your chest right now? Just place your hand on your chest. If you're worshiping with us online, a number will come up now. You can send the word forgiving to that, word, to that line. And one of our pastors will reach out unto you. Whether you are at the panel or the children downstairs or you are here, just place your hand on your chest and say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I want you, oh God, to take my life, forgive me my sins, forgive me my iniquity, wash me clean. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Accept me as your son or as your daughter. Thank you for accepting me in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, if you are at the penial downstairs or here, some of our counselors will take you and they will minister to you. Now I was saying, 
the Lord impresses strongly on my heart that everyone who has been traumatized and you keep remembering the incidents, the Lord will deliver you. Maybe you have lost a loved one. Maybe it's armed robbery attack. Maybe you have experienced kidnapping. For some, it is the anniversary of an accident or certain dates. What the Lord says is that He keeps in perfect peace those whose eyes are stayed on you. If you fall into any of this category, can you just rise up on your feet as a senior pastor pray for you that the peace of the Lord shall be upon you and the Lord will deliver you from every of those difficulties, every of those situations. It could be difficult, but the Lord will deliver you. 